friends, my name is Malika Starnes and I'm a certified wedding planner and venue owner turned business strategist and mindset coach. I'm on a mission to help women finally call it quits. You heard me right. This show is all about getting comfortable with the seemingly uncomfortable things like quitting, giving up, and surrendering to the things that no longer serve us in life and business. It's about getting permission to only do what matters and stop doing what no longer serves you. It's about inspiring you to become your own muse. Each week, I'll share inspiring stories and have authentic conversations with incredible women who embraced the slowdown and made some major decisions to be more intentional. Freedom and grace show up here often, and I hope you will too. Today's amazing guest, Sarah Jane Case, is an author, speaker, and podcaster based out of Asheville, North Carolina. She's been featured in publications like Apartment Therapy, The Every Girl, Parade Magazine, and was named a 2018 Person on the Rise by HoneyBook. With an Instagram account of over half a million followers, a podcast that regularly stays at the top of the charts in self-help, and her book, The Honest Enneagram, that launched in April of 2020, Sarah Jane is a rising leader in the self-help industry, and I cannot wait to jump in with her today. All right, friends. So I have the incredible and amazing Sarah Jane Case with us today, and I am so excited about this conversation. Hello, Sarah Jane, and thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. I'm like smiling this big smile because I know you have this like huge, contagious, like joyous smile about you. And so I'm just like smiling back at you virtually over here. Oh, right back at you. I'm like almost (laughs) eating my microphone. I know. Me too. I'm like leaned in. I'm so ready. So just to tell you guys a little bit about Sarah Jane and our friendship and the way that we met, because I truly do love this story. I actually met Sarah Jane at a camp in Canada that I was doing with my friend Ashley. And Ashley has actually been a guest on one of the other episodes on the show. I love and adore her as well. I think we have that in common, that we both love Ashley. And so I was at this camp and I'm doing all the things and working and, you know, Sarah Jane is there and she's just so sweet and kind. And I remember thinking like, she is just the sweetest person. And I think that we also had a separate interaction from everybody else because there was one point where we were like transitioning from like hotels and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And so then shortly after that, I go home, I'm like scrolling through Instagram and I start finding out about the Enneagram and start to get to know more about it. And of course, the first person who ever told me about the Enneagram was like, yeah, there's all these Instagram accounts. Like you've got to follow Enneagram and coffee. So I hop on Instagram and I do that. And then literally one day, Sarah Jane like posted you posted like a selfie I think on mm-hmm. Instagram and coffee or maybe I watched like an Insta story I completely lost it. Like when I tell you, I was like, Sarah Jane is Instagram and coffee. Like it was just this complete moment of shameless fangirling over the fact that I actually know the person. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? The the good Lord knew to not let me know that Sarah Jane was Enneagram like <laughs> guru because I would have literally just talked her head off and kept you all to myself at that conference. <laughs> <laughs> I think so like, thank goodness that I did not know that was your thing. <laughs> I love that. I would have eaten that up. I think that's the fun thing about the Imperfect Boss Camp was like everybody, yeah. it felt like we were like all just – 
not on the internet. Like no one knew. Like it felt like we were undercover. I know. It was so cool. And it was funny because like there would be, I think that happened with another person. Someone was speaking on stage and they were talking and I was just loving everything they were saying. And then all of a sudden they were like, you know, when I wrote my first book and they like named their book and I I had that same moment. I'm like, that's you, you know, and we kind of become these people behind these businesses and behind these brand names and we kind of get like lost behind that and so when you find out like who's the human behind it and I think we all showed up at camp just our human selves you know Mm -hmm. and it was so so good so I love telling that story I think it's funny that we we kind of met like I didn't know actually who Yeah, for sure. Well, I am so excited to have Sarah Jane on the show today because we are going to be talking about Sarah Jane's new book. And I just want to say I'm a huge book reader. I love to read. My bookshelf is ridiculous. My husband is like, if you buy one more book, (laughs) and I just adore them. And, you know, when I was a little girl, I would go into the bookstore with my family. And so I get all the feels like the nostalgia of the smells. And I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. And so when I found out that like someone that I know and have interacted with and just love to pieces wrote a book that I could hold in my hands. This is my first experience with that. I don't have any friends mm-hmm. that have like published books. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get this thing. And so the book arrived. My mother-in-law actually surprised me with it because she like creeps on my Amazon account and she ordered it for me. And I have just loved, loved, loved it. Every piece of it from cover to cover. And so I'm really excited today to share with our listeners about the book and just to talk through it with you. Oh, I love hearing that. I love when you told me that your mother-in-law bought it for you. I was so, like, it made me emotional. Like, uh, like that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Like, yes. Yeah, being surprised oh for the book is like the best. I know. It's the best feeling. And I remember when I was a kid, it was like the thing that I wanted. And, you know, I would like nerd out at the book fair and all that stuff. And so now when people buy me books, it's such a personal thing. I actually have taped the gift receipt where she like wrote me a little note into the cover of it so I can keep it. But Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. I'm so pumped though, because as I mentioned, this book has not only been something that I have truly enjoyed reading because I know you personally, but it has helped me in so many ways in this season of my life and my business and has just really transformed the way that I approach thinking through challenging seasons and things that I have coming up. And so I want to share a little bit about that with you. And I also want to hear what it was like for you to to write this book and just to tell us a little bit about, you know, the process and when you decided to turn this into a book and what that was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I like deciding to turn it into a book was like a weird, a weird phase. Like I, you know, I created this, this account and quite frankly, like I didn't know that anyone was going to follow it. Like I thought, my mom might. I thought some of my current clients might, but I had no idea what was in store for me. And with that, I, I, you know, I look back at, I've kept a journal since I was nine years old and mm-hmm. every journal I've ever written in is always like, even when I, like I can literally, like my nine-year-old journal, I was like, I hope this gets published into a book one day. Like writing oh. a book was like always the thing. That was always the thing that I wanted. And in some ways it was like such a big dream that making it happen 
felt impossible. It felt like it felt like if I try that and I fail at it, then like that's actual failure. You know what I mean? Like, wow, yeah. And most of my life, like I'm I'm a seven. So if you're Enneagram familiar, like failure is not my fear. Like I will just try stuff and mess up and let it go. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. But for the book was like the big thing, and so. I really think that Enneagram and Coffee had to happen the way it did for me to just like write the book because, you know, publishers reached, I was lucky in the sense that like I had grown such a following that publishers reached out to me and asked if I would write a book. And, and I was like, yes, of course, like I want to, but like, I would have never like written a book proposal, put it out there because I was so scared. I I wanted it so bad, which is count. This sounds like counterintuitive. And eventually I probably would have done it, but probably not as quickly as I did. Wow. That's so amazing. I think that one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship and just, you know, my time and owning my own business is, and and also not only owning a business, but like following my passions and what I love is how my gifts bring opportunities to me mm-hmm. and they really kind of seek me out. You know, I have had so many times where people are like, oh my God, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of was doing my own thing and it like came, you know, out of nowhere. And I think that it creates this story where people are like, what, that's it? And you're like, no, really? Like, I really love this thing. And it drew these, these things near to me. And it sounds like that's what happened. You know, you love journaling, you love the Enneagram and you're just so incredibly amazing at sharing about it and, you know, curating resources for people to learn about it. And then this opportunity, you know, showed up for you and then you showed up for that opportunity, which is awesome. So I was a wedding photographer in another life. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was. And and I can remember going to conferences and sitting yeah. in the in the audience and hearing like these people that I looked up to that I admired and they would talk about how it's like you put your, when you really love what you do, when you put your effort behind the thing that you feel the most connected to and you're being yourself and you're speaking from your truth, then like that's when things fall into place. That's where the magic is. And in that life, I remember feeling like, okay, like, cool. Like I give me strategy, give me practical tips because like, this is just Matt. You're telling me about magic and yeah. I feel like magic doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like yeah. give me something I can do something with. And, and it's like so hard now. And it's like such a funny, it's like, this is how it works. Right. Is that now that is my story is like, I found the thing I love the most. I obsessively talked about it until someone was like, get an outlet. And I got an outlet for it and people liked it and they connected to it. They connected to the way that I was doing it and things kind of did fall into place. And, and I think that there is like, it's a contagious feeling, right? When you see someone doing the thing that they love the most and it's obvious and they're doing it in a way that you relate to and you can kind of see yourself in it, then it is kind of like that. But gosh, like, seven years ago, me would have been like, I call, I call it like, I don't, I don't buy it, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. That is so amazing. And I love what you said about, you know, when you see it and you can relate to it, because Mm -hmm. one of the things that I absolutely adore about both Enneagram and coffee and the work that you do through the, the brave collective and, you know, your Instagram and social media is that it really is this vulnerable authentic documentary of like what you are also experiencing and going through. And it really feels like a truly honest look 
at, you know, what you're experiencing. And that is why I love this book too, because for a long time, I think that, you know, we're growing up and we're going through life and we're like, honesty is telling the truth. It's when someone asks you something, you do not tell a lie. You tell, you know, the truth. And I think as we get older, it becomes a lot more complex and it becomes this thing that's like, be authentic and be your true Mm -hmm. self. And then it's like, what is my true self? You know, it's like, it becomes this more deeper thing. And honesty becomes much more than like, just tell the truth. It becomes this thing that we kind of have to dissect and get our hands dirty. And I love that in the book, you have the honest method, which is an acronym. And I'm happy if you're comfortable for me to share with listeners what each of those are, because I have the book right here. Please do. And, you know, I want to talk through that because I think it's such a powerful tool. And while the Enneagram is the core of the work that you do, and it's the lens that you use to share this message, one of the things that I love about this book and that I was really interested to see with this method is it actually really helped me look at challenges and things that I'm approached with in entrepreneurship and just in life in general through the lens of the honest method. Right. Because like I've been doing all of this Enneagram work and I've been reading all these books and following all these accounts. And so I'm like, you know, sharing all the memes about being a one. And when I read your book, I thought, wow, this is a really incredible way of also processing the things that come up throughout this process of self-discovery. So I want to share the acronym that HONEST stands for in the HONEST method. And then I would love for you to tell us about your work with that and just how, you know, that has helped you through this entrepreneurial journey and just through the process of, you know, getting the book out there as well. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Awesome. So in the book, we have the HONEST method, which is honor your strengths, open your eyes to blind spots, note your support plan explore your relationships, soften your path. And the one that I love is turn that into something beautiful. Soften your path and turn that into something beautiful are the ones that really just got me like, "Mm, that's so good. And it has been such an amazing experience utilizing this framework. So talk to us and tell us about how the honest method really came to be the perfect marriage kind of of how you paired the Enneagram and that lens and how Sarah Jane has come to know Enneagram work and working through it in the way that is the most impactful to her. Yeah. So when I found the Enneagram, I loved it, but I also, you know, I'm a practical person. Like I like to take action. You know, I like to know what I do next. And that's the number one question I was receiving from other people is like, okay, I know this, but like now what? And as I have, you know, grown in my understanding of the Enneagram and as I have continued my Enneagram work, the big message that I want people to know is that the Enneagram in and of itself is a map right? It's the, it's the direction about where you could go, where you have been, where you might go and all that's available to you. But to actually do the work of the Enneagram, you need to implement tools outside of the Enneagram to make it something real. And so, yeah, we can learn about it. We can follow the memes and like find them funny. Then we can go a little bit deeper, learn about it, but we really have to start integrating it. We have to put action into it to see a change and to actually experience a transformation. And and so that's what I wanted the honest method to be is actually like, what's our tool belt? Like, 
we have the information. What do we do with that information now? And so and the, and the reason I chose honest is because I believe that to have a truly healthy relationship to yourself, you have to get into an honest understanding of who you are. Because a lot of times what people do when they want to have confidence is they, they fake it till they make it, right? Like you put on the confidence and you smile and you make eye contact and and it feels weird. It feels like you're acting. You don't believe the affirmations that you're saying to yourself. You know, you like look in the mirror and you're like, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. But like, you don't believe it. And so it's just like this action that you're taking. And so when I thought about like, what's the work that we need to do to really integrate that into belief that that turns into true confidence and turns into like ultimate self-acceptance and the kind of self-acceptance to where like Malika, you could say anything to me. You could say like, you're the worst person I've ever met. And like, I would already know, like I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't know where I stood with me. And so your opinion of me wouldn't shake me. And so to do that, I thought, you know, I was like, you have to create this safety zone, right? You have to create a space where you love yourself and you really appreciate yourself for who you actually are. So that starts with your strengths, right? Where you really understand like, what is, what am I good at? And then it's about getting honest with yourself about what your blind spots are so that when someone else points them out, you're not surprised, you know, the the difference in reaction from someone who's denying their blind spots to someone who's willing to accept their blind spots is, is it's drastic, right? Like if someone were to look at me and be like, Hey, you seem like you don't like to be attached to people and commit to things. If I had no idea, I would be like, that's not true. And like feel offended, you know, overthink it for weeks. If, I'm already aware of that. And I'm like possessing that I can say like, Oh yeah, that is totally a thing I do. And that is something I'm working on. (laughs) It's such a different experience internally and externally when you know what you bring to the table, you know, noting your support plan, like really making, making a note of like, well, okay, I know I have these blind spots. So all I have to do to grow in this way is to think consciously about what can I do to support them so that I'm not operating. I don't have to lean on them because a lot of times our blind spots are just us looking for support in the wrong ways. And so if we can create intentional support, then we can actually intentionally build that out so that we're leaning on those blind spots a little bit less. And then, you know, with the Enneagram, we bring so much into our relationships. Like it is a relational language that you I, you know, I've looked my whole life for. And so bringing into like, what are the things that you're bringing into your relationships? What are those expectations? What are the elements that maybe not aren't serving your relationships so well? And how can we work on that? But also let's talk about what you bring to relationships that are irreplaceable, completely needed. It's kind of like doing that honor your strengths and honor your blind spot work specifically for just the relationship aspect of life because it is so it needs its own section yes and then um softening your path this is all about choosing curiosity over discipline and I imagine like as a one you know this discipline path very well it is literally my favorite part of this framework the soften your path yeah because it is like most of our lives we're taught just do better just be better And we think like, oh, if I could just manipulate and control myself enough, make myself smaller, make restrict myself enough, then like I will 
eventually get there. But most of us have tried that most of our lives and it just doesn't work. It's just an opportunity to create shame, an opportunity to prove to ourselves that we can't do the things we want to do. And, and rarely, and usually what it does is it creates a craving for the things that we're restricting ourselves from instead of actually supporting us in the path of growth. And so instead, what I hope we can do is choose the path of curiosity, which is just asking ourselves what we need. And that sounds simple, but for whatever reason, we find it really hard. Like we're trained. Everything in our life tells us just fix yourself instead of like, ask yourself what you need and try and give it to yourself. Like ask yourself what feels supportive and what doesn't feel supportive and choose the more supportive path for every Enneagram type. That's going to be so, so different. You know, the, what, what the need there is. And so hopefully the book does a good job of laying out like what each type might need in terms of what they're trying to do in terms of discipline, what they might need in terms of how to soften that, that growth path. I love that. Yeah, it's so incredible because this book came at such a timely moment in my life. And I want to share a little bit too with our listeners because I think that when we're introduced to new tools with the Enneagram, and I I love how you just broke that down because a lot of times it's like there's so much information out there. It's like, okay, first let me figure out what it is. And then there's Mm -hmm. like subtypes and wings and these and this. And it can have an overwhelming effect And so I think a lot of people really ease into it and then they go deeper into it. But what I love the most about your book from the books that I've read is that if this is your first time learning about the Enneagram, what a beautiful concept that this is going to be a softening process. This is not another book for you to like learn how to fix yourself, like you said. And this is not another book to literally just become self-aware and that's it. It's like here is softening. I love that you put in there, you know, there might be some triggering things in here. You might feel a little bit like, ooh, that sounds a little bit. Because it's really a twofold process with the Enneagram, in my opinion, of what is it? How is it useful to me? And then how does it serve me and how do I use it as a tool to continue to, you know, move forward? Mm-hmm. And I love how you how you carve it out because for people who are not super familiar with the Enneagram, the framework that you've included can absolutely be used. But when you couple it with the Enneagram and what you've learned about your type, I feel like it's just this like supercharged version of kind of like an inspired action plan. You feel like, okay, I'm inspired and I'm going to take action on this. And I love, love, love how you outline it. And here recently with what I was saying before about this being super timely. So a lot of listeners who have been keeping up with me on social media, I actually lost my physical brick and mortar business to COVID-19. So when the virus came and there were all these restrictions on mass gatherings, it literally became impossible for me to continue and move forward with my physical wedding venue. And we had to make the really difficult decision to close it down. And so instantly, inner critic type one goes crazy. Like she was waiting for this moment. And she's just like, you know, I I love one of the things that you put in the book that would be a fun thing to do is to like name your inner critic. Yeah. Um, I have not come up with a name for mine yet, but literally she has been so annoying during this process. <laughs> I think it's so powerful for you to even just call her she and to not make it you. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so literally, as soon as I made this very difficult decision, here she comes. She's like ready to completely berate me and make me feel like terrible about this decision. And so I started assuming responsibility for all of this stuff, you know, that was just completely out of my control. And so when you look at this honest method and you just look at these very tangible, actionable steps, like without even like digging into the book, just the way that you've outlined it out in the introduction, you know, honoring my strengths and thinking about, okay, well, all this stuff that the inner critic is saying right now is not true. And also there are really great things about me that are completely unrelated to this moment. And then thinking about my blind spots, which is that, okay, I do have a tendency to be really rigid and want to kind of, you know, do things my way. And there are some people in this moment who are going to be hurt by this decision that are also right, because it's also harmful and hurtful to them what's happening to you. And I need to, you know, kind of get out of my box of feelings and like hold space for them. And then thinking about a support plan for me was super helpful because I started to think about, you know, okay, well, now that I'm not going to be physically getting up and going to the venue every day, how am I going to create space for myself? How am I going to support myself now? You know, am I going to journal? Am I going to take time to take naps and like really caring for myself in this moment? Because there is I think such a grieving process that happens when you have to close the business and then all the way into exploring relationships and thinking about how this was affecting my husband. There are family members who are really emotionally impacted by what happened to us. And, you know, I didn't even really think about those kind of things when I started. You kind of instantly go into like clients and legal stuff, but like your family is also like sad for you and really helpful to be able to explore those relationships relationships. And through doing all of that, I feel like I have genuinely been able to soften my path and turn that into something beautiful. So it's, it's like this incredible roadmap that you've put together and put in the hands of people who trust you with the Enneagram information and everything that you've um, poured into this work and given them something that they can like carry with them. And so I am just so grateful for what you've done here because it's helped me even in, you know, a major way to be able to process, you know, okay, what's next? And I think a lot of people in this time with what's going on in the world are like at home with themselves. And I think, you know, we use that word a lot in like Enneagram. I've seen that and I'm sure you have too. It's like, come home to yourself Mm -hmm. and we're at home with ourselves and people are like, okay, what do I do? You know, what do I do? This is, this is me. I'm not doing the things I used to. And I get to sit here with myself and, you know, I think you've created this, this kind of roadmap and this path to get started from, from wherever we are, you know, when we pick up this book. So I just love that. Oh my gosh. I love hearing that. And I, I like hearing the way that you're speaking about your thing, your circumstances and the way you're speaking about yourself. Like, I get so much joy hearing you talk about like nurturing yourself and asking yourself what you need. And, and that's like, I think a lot of your, it's like an evidence to like your growth work, but I also like, I hope that's what people take away from the book. Like, I hope that instead of asking themselves how they could fix or get better or control themselves or discipline themselves, instead they ask themselves like, how am I not serving myself? How am I not serving my relationships? And how can I love myself and the people in my life better? Because that's so much more like forgiving and so much more like actually productive. Like it actually works. (laughs) Yes. 
It does. And it's one of those things where you're like, wow, this, this actually created results for me. You know, Mm -hmm. even through this process now, every day, it's something different every day. Some days, you know, I just feel a lot of different emotions about it, but every day I'm, I'm impressed with the fact that, you know, I've been able to be so resilient and Mm -hmm. and move forward, but I know it's because I have the tools and I always think, you know, there are people out there who don't have these resources available to them. And that's why it's so important when we learn this work and we get this information and we see, you know, there are things we can do with some of these circumstances that come our way that are out of our control that we can share those things and we can use our influence to help other people. And I love Love, love that you've done that through this book. And I would love to know through the process and just writing this book and putting everything down on the pages, what what was your favorite part of that? What really just stood out to you as kind of the the feely parts of, of writing this book? Yeah, I you know, I think the best part for me was just seeing how much was in my brain, like pulling it out of my brain and putting it into paper, I was able to see like how much knowledge I had retained. And as, as a seven, so every Enneagram type has like different triggers. The trigger for seven is not being taken seriously. And it was just, and and the biggest compliment that I, what I want, like what my husband tells me I'm beautiful every day. And I just kind of don't even notice it. But when he tells me I'm smart, when he tells me I'm intelligent, like that just like lights a fire in me that like nothing else does. And, um, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, I just felt like, look at you. Like, I just want to be so proud of you in this moment and let you appreciate the fact that like, this is coming out of your head and like all of your life experiences add up to this really special moment where you get to share the compassion that you've learned to have for yourself with other people and help them to see themselves more clearly and kindly than they did before. And that it it honestly is something I could do. I could write a book every day if like that was physically possible. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I was actually going to ask you, that was one of my questions. I was going to say, you know, would you write a book again? Like, would you go through the process again? Yeah. Right after I finished, I was like, I want to do this again. Like I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Well, you know what? I will read every single one of them, Sarah oh Jane, because God, I think that you are just so awesome. And I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And I hope that our listeners and people who are out there who hear this know that this is something that has been so impactful to me. And I know that will continue to impact so many. And if you would like to share with our listeners where they can get their hands on a copy of The Honest Enneagram, Know Your Type, Own Your Challenges, Embrace Your Growth by Sarah Jane Case, and I would love for you to share that with them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone can find me, find the book at thehonestenneagram.com. It links to several websites that help you out to find it from where you want to order it from. And then you can find me at Instagram at Enneagram and Coffee or Sarah Jane Case on Instagram. And our website is enneagramandcoffee.com. And Malika, like, thank you so much for having me. I love just, you're, you have like one of the best voices. I love sitting and talking to you and hearing oh, you talk. Thank it's you. such a joy. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. And thank you so much for being here on the show. You are amazing. And I really, really appreciate you sharing this incredible information with our listeners. And I strongly encourage everyone to go pick up a copy of The Honest Enneagram and follow Sarah Jane and all her amazingness online. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Musings with Malika podcast. If you want to be featured on the show, show me some love or connect with other incredible women who are doing less on purpose, head over to MalikaStarns.com. And if you don't want to miss the next episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. Thank you so much for being here. You're so amazing and you matter so much. See you next week. Thank you.